its chair. How to get burned? How to get burned? And loathing. Yeah. Just steal the scene with like smoldering sex appeal or something. Bullshit, you know, to counteract yeah, want, all the joy. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there for a second. I win! I win! <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Sheer and Loathing, featuring myself, Casey, as Loathing, because I hate everything in the world. And over there, we have the wonderful Cheer. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Excellent. Hi, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> thought you were gonna say more there but instead we just had some uh, dead air that's fine I, I don't know what you want me to say was i supposed to have a, a whole speech prepared i'm sorry next time well you said you had like a little intro so i figured you just say your name and then go into it. anyway what are we talking oh. about this week oh well i do it's i just fine. thought we'll, that we'll that. get the hang of this we'll get you don't have broadcast training i understand it's okay wow wow <laughs> we are once again off to an amazing start that's what people listen for yeah do they I don't know. So, <laughs> okay, so um, we are on to week two of Musical March. So all month we are watching a series of horror musicals. And uh, each week we have a little bit of a mini theme within the theme. And this week we're looking at two films about people on the outskirts of society, down on their luck and willing to do anything for the chance at a new life. Coincidentally, both of these movies prominently feature the eating of people. We will be talking about Sweeney Todd and Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, we will. And we're going to... Yeah, now go on. No, I was going to say, so I think that we thought we would kick things off with Sweeney Todd. But um, before we start, Mm -hmm. I... I just want to ask one question. Yeah. Um, after last week's debacle, if you have not listened <laughs> okay. to... That wasn't a debacle. It, uh, well, I, I I beg to I beg to differ on that. Um, <laughs> if you guys haven't listened to last week, it was episode one of Musical March. We talked about Rocky Horror Picture Show and Repo, the genetic opera. Uh, let's never uh, mention that name ever again. T- two of my absolute favorites. Uh, Casey was not as fond. Um, so my question for you, Casey, did you actually watch both movies this week and okay. from start to finish when i say watch yes <laughs> to answer yes. shortly yes okay. i didn't need to pull my hair out i didn't didn't need to uh rage cage rage i guess you could say at my monitor <laughs> um like i very nearly did last week it's repo um i mean that's just unfair debacle that's unfair because it turned out to be great. Because even though I watched uh, uh, only 30 minutes of that trash fire, uh, we got like two hours of rant out of it. So you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no what, what a gift that was. It fucking was a <laughs> gift. All right. Well, let's see if we do any better this week. Because when I was watching these movies, um, I... Again, I've seen both of them multiple times, but mm-hmm. I rewatched them before the podcast. Um, I, I I had this thought, and I don't know that it means much because I honestly have this thought pretty much every week. But as I was watching these, I thought, oh, my God, like, I- I'm sure Casey is going to hate on these movies, but I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how he is not going to be absolutely in love right now. Uh-huh. Um, so I am curious to hear. Uh, how you manage to hate on such perfection. I'm very excited about that. Okay. 
<laughs> Perfection is a very strong word. And you use that to describe a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things are pretty perfect. Are they, though? I don't know. To me. Well, then, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Because I what happens when something truly thing. perfect comes, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolves. You're going to be like, oh, my God, this movie's perfect. And it might actually be perfect, but everybody around you is like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> it's another repo. Go fucking away. <laughs> like... But it might then they might miss out because, you know, you said everything's perfect yeah. and then this wonderful movie that comes along is actually perfect. But nobody believes yeah. you because you thought, you know, like a man stepping in dog shit on the side of the street is perfect. Mm -hmm. And I do have that sort of influence over people like people like just wait with bated breath to hear my opinion on everything that comes out. But they don't need so, to because everything's perfect. <laughs> oh, all right. Well. <laughs> Let's get into Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Todd. The butcher right. of um, Fleet Street. Fleet? In, in Fleet Street, yep. Yeah, Fleet okay. Street in London. And we actually, uh, this time, we're dealing with some pretty, like, these are actual horror musicals. Like, we get some horror with the musical. Yeah, it's pretty um, dark, yeah. Yeah, they are, they get pretty exceptionally dark, especially Sweeney Todd. Um, which starts out really dark and I think quite cool right away. I love the um, title sequence of this movie uh, with the blood trail running throughout. Uh, mm -hmm. Super, super dark and creepy. I think it sets a really great tone for the rest of the film. Uh, what say you? Did you what did you enjoy it? What say <laughs> I? Are you sure you, you want to know? What I think. No, I'm actually never, but uh, that's that's probably bad for the podcast if you don't give your opinion. Also, yeah. should we, we should maybe before we get started, uh -huh. should we talk in the kind of Cockney British accent the whole time we talk about uh, this? Are we talking like really bad Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins? Chim chimane, chim chimane, chim chimane, chim Good eye on your governor, let's talk like this a whole episode. God, no. Yeah, all right. Exactly. Uh, first of all, I fucking love it, but I cannot <laughs> hang with that. It was amazing. <laughs> I do love the accents in Sweeney's in this movie. They're a little over the top, um, which is fine for what the movie is. Um, yeah, it's very theatrical. And I yeah, I like mean, it. I'm trying to suspend my disbelief a little bit more and more as we go on with these, especially these musicals. Um, and th the same complaint I have with the majority of musicals is... The movie would have been fine on its own without interluding musicals or interjecting musicals, I should say. You don't, it doesn't provide anything extra. It, it takes you kind of out of it. And this movie is visually really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like the visual style of it. Uh, I mean, it's Tim Burton and I'm not a huge Tim Burton fanboy. I know a lot of people are like the cult of Tim Burton sort of thing. I, he's oh, holy Jesus! What was that? Who's got their phone on during recording? Oh, sorry. Well, it's my computer. It uh, yeah, it made a noise. It did make a noise, and I'm leaving that in so everybody knows how unprofessional <laughs> you are. Well, I'm just very popular. I'm so sorry. Well, let me, that's uh, beside let me the mute point. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the visual style of this movie is 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 fun. It's good. Um, the musicals. 
it kind of suffers a little bit, I think, from in not all the songs, but some of them anyway. Uh, the ones that stuck stood out to me because I guess because I didn't like them. Um, where okay, I want to hear about those songs you don't like. Well, I'd like I couldn't tell you what they fucking are, but okay, well, we'll go through them. Oh my god, <laughs> we'll go through them one by one and we will dissect them each in painstaking detail. So it's, get ready for that. It's the ones where <laughs> it's not really a song. They're just like singing dialogue. There's no rhyme. There's no, uh, you know, uh, like melody or there's no rhythm really to it. They're just like, if I were to sing what I'm saying right now, that is basically what they're doing. And not all the songs do that. Some of them have like actual numbers and themes and <laughs> scores and stuff. Now I don't understand. I need you to give me an example. Like, do no. a little, do a little song for me. Let me hear what you're talking about. Can't, can't remember any of it. <laughs> can't do it. Well, <laughs> no, I mean it. you could just sing what you're saying. Oh yeah, no, that's not mm. gonna happen either. No, uh, <laughs> damn it. Because <laughs> that's not how real life works. But I, I don't know. I sing. I randomly sing a lot for no reason. To people that you're talking to. Next yeah. time you're at a work meeting, break into songs. No, to see what to my cats. <laughs> to your cats. And they love it. I'm sure they do. Not. Uh, but really the only thing that I can say that I liked about the movie was, I mean, the cast. Yes. But I mean, that kind of goes without, except, uh, without saying. Um, <clears throat> really phenomenal cast in it. But I, I just get bored with musicals. For the most part, like I just I don't know how that's possible. I got I really about don't. three quarters of the way through Sweeney Todd before, and you know I was fighting the urge to like get up and do other things. But at the three quarter mark, I'm like, all right, out comes the phone, um, and start playing with whatever, looking at other stuff, and just kind of semi paying attention to the movie just for this, like the line in um, uh, Social Network, like uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, are are you? Are you paying attention? I am paying the minimal amount of attention required to fulfill my duties of this. And that is basically kind of what I live by during a lot of these movies. Wow. What a... I mean, speaking of professionalism, what a oh, ringing endorsement for the, the energy that you're bringing to the table here. I'm just here for comic <laughs> relief. You don't need to prepare for that. So you're supposed to be funny, Ben. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I missed that. No, <laughs> trying to steal the thunder from you now. Okay, I have one job, and you're trying to take it from me. No, uh, <laughs> uh, you, your British accent, I think, did probably carry the comedy for the show. You're probably off the hook for the rest of it. So, <sighs> All right, well, uh, have good. a good one, everybody. I'll <laughs> see you later. Um, well, I know you feel that way, and I guess if that's sort of your fundamental, if that's your you know, starting point. Um, it, it's going to be very hard to win you over with any musical, um, no matter how brilliant I think it is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I loved, I just, first of all, I can't imagine being bored at any point through this, um, especially like it just keeps getting better. So to really fall off towards the end uh, when it just goes like completely apeshit, it's kind of bananas to me. Um, I, I mean, I thought, I thought the songs were fantastic and I loved, I like it when they are telling the story through song because I think it does that thing where it takes something that if you were just doing narration, you know, if you were just telling backstory, 
um, would not be nearly as like riveting or engaging. And the fact that they could make every aspect of this just feel really kind of compelling, um, I think is, I think it's pretty spectacular. Well, you, you kind of said it again, and this oh, is something boy. we've talked about um, a few times now, I believe, with the whole, well, it, it's a song taking place of the narration. You, Why is there a narrator? We don't need exposition. We don't need somebody to be like, hey, you're too stupid to figure out what's going on, or I'm too bad of a writer to really establish the plot here, so here's an info dump. Three quarters of the I way think you the need movie. exposition. I mean, I think there's different ways to do it, but I, you're... I think you can completely shoot a movie and tell a story with zero dialogue or vocals yeah. at any point. 100%. You don't need that. And if you do need that, then you've done something wrong. Yeah. As, as a writer, anyway. I disagree. But, I mean, what else is new, right? Well, it's like, what... what I just don't understand. Maybe it's because I I have written some stuff, and whenever I find myself kind of drifting into the whole info dump exposition, whatever, I'm like, I feel dirty. There's a whole chapter explaining the rest of the fucking story that I should be able to tell through storytelling without having to do the info dump. And there was a there's a great. I think it was Stephen King in one of his his like instructional books or videos or whatever that he's done over the years. And he said, don't quote me if it's Stephen King or not, but I've read this somewhere from a professional published author or whatever. And they said, if you can show, show, avoid telling at all costs. In other words, if somebody's nervous, don't go, Sally was nervous. Say, a bead of sweat formed on her forehead after seeing the cars collide. You know, like, it's a better storytelling medium than just flat out saying, Steve is sad. You know, I don't need me to, you can show that without telling me that. And that's how I think storytelling should go. And that's, again, the trope that sort of, I guess, musicals fall into because they use the, the, the musical aspects as sort of that, exposition i just get very taken away from it and very bored of it when somebody's telling me what i should be able to see well i mean i think that there's i don't know how much how far we want to dive into this because this is getting really like nerdy and intellectual and uh but like in this movie intellectual that's not a word somebody's ever used to describe what i've said i, I know i'm just trying to be sweet yeah. um there you, they are showing it like we are getting it's not like they're just sitting there singing well, uh, there's yeah we're getting the visuals yeah and we're also getting perspective like there's an importance for example um when mrs Lovett is talking to sweetie todd mm-hmm. and she's explaining what happened to his wife and daughter uh-huh. and uh because he's been he's been away he's been imprisoned for like 15 years falsely imprisoned by the judge who who wanted his, wanted wife. his wife, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's explaining what happened. And so that is telling, but it's very important because we're hearing like her perspective of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also seeing it. But we find out later that her perspective is not, uh, it's not 100% accurate. Like she is changing facts uh, to suit her situation. As everybody does. Yeah. And and I think that there's, um, 
you know, and this movie does a great job with that. But I think there's there's times where that's really uh, that really is helpful to the story and really infuses a lot. And the way that and she's doing it through song, of course, but the way that she's um, explaining what happens. And then when you find out what actually did happen at the end, that's when you get that really um, kind of powerful, heartbreaking moment at the very end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess <clears throat> we should always say spoilers here in this podcast. Um, I mean, it's hard to talk what? about it in detail. I know it's fairly Almost old. 20 but, years old now. <laughs> but uh, just in case. Um, it's a yeah, movie podcast. I mean, Expect spoilers. I, all right. So. Obviously, we talked about brilliant cast. Mm-hmm. This does have Alan Rickman mm-hmm. as the big baddie, mm-hmm. um, who I think is a god among men. And one of the things that I really love about what this film does uh, is it starts off, it's so dark and gloomy and oppressive, and you really get this kind of overwhelming sense of just doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Um, which really carries throughout is really the tone of this film. Um, I love when, so you have that, and then he does the flashback to when he was young and happy with his beautiful wife, and it's so bright and vibrant and beautiful, and um, that's such a, I think that's such a lovely contrast. Mm-hmm. And they do it again, uh, God, in one of like my favorite scenes of the whole film, where they're on a picnic, um, it's uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bottom Carter cannot say names. I always put your names. Uh, Johnny Depp, and then uh, the young boy that they've sort of taken in as their, I guess, little like, like their foster kid, sort of adoptee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're having a picnic, uh, <laughs> and she's trying so hard to make this a thing. Like this is her family, right? She's like in love with Johnny Depp's character. Um, she's got this maternal, strong maternal instinct. She's like, oh, we're a family now. We're going to live happily ever after. And he's just so like, he's not happy at all. No, um, yeah. I, I know he's just like about. drowning in misery. He like puts his hand on her leg and then pulls it off and with this like disgust. Yeah. Like he tries. It's, he's like, I love, uh, I don't love this. Yeah. And she <laughs> has this whole like song where she's having basically a fantasy about how great their life is going to be together. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like they're on a picnic and they're on a beach and they're walking down the boardwalk and it's so beautifully shot and it's so lush and it's very um, that thing that uh, Tim Burton does that I really like where it's sort of almost like cartoonish color. It's a uh, it's a little bit over the top, you know, it's not normal. Um, it's it's not it, everything looks a little bit. What's the word? I'm Oversaturated. For? Yeah, it's just yeah. very like almost like out of a comic book. Mm hmm. Um, I, I really, I quite enjoy that. Um, I also really enjoy how for most of the film, this film is so, it's freaking bleak. I mean, it's just very, very dark and it's well, it not. It takes place in London in like the 1800s or whatever. Yeah. It was and it's always. not at all hopeful. Uh, it does not end well. It ends with a very, what I call a very lame is ending, which is like, and it's got, um. His daughter, the young girl Joanna, and she's uh she's finally been rescued by um the guy who I think his name Anthony Anthony, mm-hmm. um the young boy who's like in love with her and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's rescued her from the clutches of the, the really judge. really skeevy <clears throat> judge who is like she's basically his daughter because he's taken her since birth and raised her as his ward, but he's like 
super like into her and wants to marry her. And he's like peeping at her through a little peephole and stuff. <laughs> really just absolutely disgusting. But anyway, he's rescued her and he's like, oh my God, we're going to be so happy. And she's like, I don't. And she's got her little page boy on, which is also very like a little hat. It's very lame as to me. Well, they take place around the same time, don't they? I I think think so. I think that might be right. Um, But she's like, I don't. I don't have hopes and dreams anymore. Basically, life has killed that killed my dream, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the famous lame saying, "Life has killed the dream I dream." Um, she's so just like, yeah, whatever. We're never gonna be happy. I don't even think about happiness anymore. And he's just like, oh, okay, great. And it's so <laughs> like they don't give anybody really like that's supposed to be kind of a happy ending, I guess. Um, like they're gonna be together. Right. And in any other movie, it would have been very. Kiss under the sunset, right? It would have been very like horseback. Yeah, like yeah. okay, sure. Johnny Depp's tale is super tragic, and um, Mrs. Lovett's not getting her happy ending. But um, but at least these young people, like they're the hope for the future. And it's like mm, no, not so much. She's like totally damaged, psychologically scarred. She's never gonna be okay. Well, I mean, sucks. She's <laughs> basically, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting, interesting parallel. Well, I mean, she's a, a woman who was captured by a monster and locked away in a tower, more or less. Yeah, I don't know if we're supposed to, because <laughs> I think you're supposed to be, uh, well, Disney's problematic to begin with, but <laughs> you're supposed to be a little pro-beast in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and, uh, I'm definitely she's not an supposed asshole, to be. and... and- <laughs> What? He kidnapped a woman and was like, you're my wife now. Yeah, well, he was, yeah. But he was handsome in the end, so it was okay. Yeah. That's what Disney's taught us over the years. If you're pretty or attractive, has, yeah. you're going to be all right. Disney's quite good with the, the moral lessons, the life lessons. It really, uh, like, yeah. uh, really delivers on that front. Always. <laughs> and well, um, D- Tim Burton used to work for Disney. Uh, I think that's true. I, I'm almost certain it's true. <laughs> You're like, it is true, Because bitch. They, they fired him or he he either left or they fired him, one or the other, uh, when he like pitched them Frank and Weenie and they're like, You're fucked up in the head. Get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. I could I could be misunderstanding or misremembering the finer details of it, but I think that's what happened. But Tim Burton okay. did get his start with Disney. Awesome. So um, this song, or this song, this movie has, <laughs> both <applicable>. uh, <laughs> well, it has, I think, and I say that I, I know as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, yeah, you say that every week. And I do, I'm sure I do, but it has one of the best lines in, in one of the songs that I've ever heard in any song and, uh, where Johnny Depp is. And and it's they do it a couple of times. They do a little reprise at the end as well, where he's talking about London and how horrible it is. And he says, "There's a hole in the world like a great big pit, and it's filled with people who are filled with shit, and the vermin of the world inhabit it." And I'm like, "Wow!" I mean, it's like <laughs> fucking like motto for life. It's like so spot on, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, no matter what you're talking about, you can talk about. Anyone, anywhere. It's true. And that applies. People suck no matter where yep. they are. Yeah. It's sort of the whole gist of, 
Like, if you had to boil down this whole story into one little synopsis, I think that would be it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the movie takes place in a very grimish time, I want to say, as well. Um, you know, like, it was kind of the, I want to yeah. say it was like the Industrial Revolution or whatever was going on around that time. You know, the people were either rich or very poor, and you have a lot of stories that take place around that time that feature a lot of the same doom and gloom, like I'm picturing, like, Oliver Twist and uh, Jack the Ripper around the same era, I want yeah. to say, like, late 1800s sort of thing. Yeah, I think this was Jack the ripper time. Yeah. This is, this is the it's area like that he would have stalked his women. Whitechapel? Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, like, <laughs> I think geographically... Like, geographically it's it's it, england it's just a small town you can walk from one side to the other but, but i mean like this type of like area you know like the slums the yeah not the like know. the horror ridden streets yeah. and yeah, you yeah. Know, disease and poverty and you know the, the places the dredges of society that nobody cares about yeah yes. which is i think the point of this is that absolutely you it's the desperation right like they're so desperate at least, like, Mrs. Lovett is, for sure. I mean, Johnny Depp's pretty much given up. He's just, like, he had all these hopes and dreams. and they got revenge They now. got destroyed. And, yeah, now he's just, like, yeah. um, he's just, he, he has no, he can't even feel anymore. But she is, like, sees him as, like, the hope for a new life. And she's liked him forever. And he's mm-hmm. come back into her life. And she's, um, you know, finally going to have something meaningful and have something special and or then the after, yeah. the boy comes in and, and you could tell and they, they kind of set that up really early that she's sort of got this like fondness for children and um she's never had any and she's never had happiness and and that's it's so it's so sad because they set up that oh look here's everything you ever wanted and no just kidding and it all just goes <laughs> terribly wrong and then oh it gets so sad when the little boy um like he does that song to her and he's like, I'll, I'll always take care of you because he knows he's on to uh, Sweetie Todd. He knows he's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells her that. He's like, he's no good. I, I'm here for you. I'm going to take care of you. And they have this very tender moment. And then she basically is like, oh, well, you're going to turn Sweetie Todd in, so I'm going to have to kill you. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is just real fucked up. And Sweetie Todd doesn't even give a shit about her. Yeah. it's It's tragic yeah that's a word for it yeah i mean like you said it right from the get-go it's a dark movie um you know my one of my worst fears in life is being falsely accused of something and then going to like jail forever because of something you didn't do uh yeah both you know like that's just a terrifying thought because it could easily not easily but it could very well happen like you could just be in the wrong place at the wrong time and then you know somebody fingers you out and especially here because there's no real justice system like it's the judge yeah well i mean the judge is like i want what he has yeah i'm gonna take it so he's now what i I don't know if they even say what he was thrown in jail for um or if they just look like he's bad put him away i don't remember yeah i think i you know i feel like they may have like casually mentioned it but i don't think it's very spelled out i can't yeah. remember either and i just watched it so yeah well, i watched it wasn't. Day too so i could yeah I, I just think it's like a vague <clears throat> uh plot set up at the beginning just to be like oh look he has something i want i have power he doesn't peace yeah you're gone bitch see ya now your wife is mine 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know if this is a good thing. I, like, you might see this as quote unquote progress in me. Um, but progress. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't hate it. But is that a good thing that I was just kind of indifferent towards it? Yeah, it's widely considered pretty. I mean, it's 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 very critically well received and very beloved. Right. So um, most people think of it as quite not just me who loves everything as we've established, but credible people <laughs> actually, uh, you know, think that this is a pretty, pretty spectacular piece of art. Right. And I, like I said, I, I, I get that like the visual style is really, really well done, and like the whole movie itself is 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 well done, like you as you would expect from like a name from like Tim Burton. But I also think that plays a part in it. As I said, there's like that kind of cult following that that Tim Burton has, and it's very niche, and people, you know, they're like dedicated to everything he does. And I think that influences a lot of reviews, especially online, things like uh, Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, where just the general public can kind of give their say on how things are. And I, that has influence. Like, there's obviously, like, the influence of, of the masses. If a bunch of people go and say, this is fantastic, then people who are on the fence are like, yeah, okay, it was good. Or people who didn't really care, be like, yeah, it's fine, it's good, I like it, whatever. And I think that plays a big role in a lot of Tim Burton films, not just this one. Hmm. Um, like I said, if, 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 if you knew me as from like growing up as a kid to, to whatever I'm, I am now, quote unquote adult, <laughs> whatever you would I think now. Tim Burton is right down my fucking alley. Like he does yeah. weird shit. Uh, he has these very expressive styles and, uh, he has a lot of juxtaposition in a lot of his films where there's like, like you look at Edward Scissorhands and it's like, you got this cheery suburban town and you got this fucking nightmare castle up on the top of the hill or whatever it is. Um, and, and the two worlds meet and like, that's the sort of shit you think if you were to know me and look at me, be like, yeah, he, he's a huge Tim Burton mark. Like there's nothing, he probably has Tim Burton tattooed along his ass and shit like that. And like, ah, you know what? I, it, I actually with, never thought that about you. No, really? Never thought you had Tim Burton tattooed on your ass. It just didn't cross uh, my mind. <clears throat> well, fair enough. <laughs> well, then again, I guess you don't know me that well then. But, but I like if again, it's it's a type of style that I should like, mm-hmm. based on you know like my personality and mixing kind of like dark and and humor at the same time and that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff just misses the mark. For me and and this one was just kind of like that it was just like i thought it was mediocre wow i i didn't like sit there and go oh this is the best ever i I've think changed. it's the best ever i know you do <laughs> but yeah, speaking of tim burton mm-hmm. I, I just need to throw this out there and i don't i know you're not going to care or agree but just for the <laughs> listeners um mm-hmm. there's a scene where he uh first where sweetie todd first gets his razors back uh-huh. And he's in that attic, and they have that, like, window. Um, he's kind of standing in the, the window um, of this attic, and he's holding these razors, and he extend, and he's singing that song, My Friend. Mm-hmm. And he extends his arms out, and he kind of does this weird, like, body twist thing. I can't describe it. Uh, <laughs> but it's very, it looks exactly like his pose in Edward Scissorhands. Like, he's 
exactly Edward Scissorhands in that. And I think it was pretty, probably intentional. Like, he's really, um, it's sort of a callback. A little Easter um, egg. And I think it's, I was like, oh, it's so good. I love it so much because <laughs> Edward Scissorhands is my favorite Burton movie. And, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, I really like that a lot. So I just want to throw that out there. Well, I know you do not give a damn, enough. but. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't give a damn, but stop wasting our time. Okay, okay. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like callbacks as much as the next person, but uh, I don't know. Like, I love stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's fun, and I, you're going to get that when you use the same three actors in everything you've ever made in the history of mankind, so I, I get that. Uh, you're going to find parallels and similarities between characters. There's only so much you can do, especially when all your characters are very similar anyway. Um, I guess that's not like necessarily a dig, it's just kind of an observation. I don't think that... Uh Sweeney Todd is anything like Edward Scissorhands. Well, I, I in mean, terms of like mannerisms and appearance... You know, this like, they're going to be played the same. They're the same actor. They have the same sort of, like, tragic story. Not the same tragic story, but a tragic story. Yeah, um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of tragedy throughout. This one's... I think the... Well, I don't know. Edward Scissorhands is pretty sad. This yeah. is pretty bleak, though. This is a bleak, bleak one. Yeah, they're, they're different kinds of um, soul-sucking. Yeah, this one, it, like, has... At least the others, there's a bit of hopefulness... Um, right. it's sort of a tender sadness. Uh, this is just like life sucks and then you die. I mean, <laughs> so don't even fucking try. And it's like, oh Jesus, like that hits hard. But I mean, I relate. It's fantastic. But um, <laughs> this funny. one doesn't even try. And I also fucking love. I love the cartoonish blood in this and how much of it yeah, there is, the, and the violence. The, the violence yeah. is like the over the top, and it's glorious like when he hits uh when he beats uh Sha- Sa- sasha, sasha baron cohen's um character to with that hot kettle yeah pirelli yes who god i love sasha but i mean again you're gonna be like who don't you love but this cast is fucking amazing like everybody that said it i'm like oh i love you i love you so much <laughs> um but yeah when he beats him with that hot kettle it's, yeah, yeah it's so relentless and brutal and then he doesn't die and he's gonna like, yeah, like kill him he some not more. Dead? yeah it's so good it's so good this movie like i just i kind of just love that it just fully embraces that it doesn't pull any punches and uh it just goes to some really dark places so it really like satiates the horror lover in me but mm-hmm. also you know the theater geek who really loves all these like Musical numbers. Sappy, cheesy and, musicals. Yeah. 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 I think it's just, and I and I love the idea of taking, you know, the musical genre, which is generally so sort of feel good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of these songs are kind of, are very feel good and very sort of boppy and juxtaposing that with like how dark the material is. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're singing about some really fucked up shit. And yet you're just like, toe tapping and you're like yeah kill people and eat them it's the best and it's really i think it's fucking great it's a lot of fun yeah uh, that's a word that it you is can use to describe it um, <laughs> thank you it's it's fun when people are being eaten and having their throats slit and turned into pies and whatever else happens but i mean it, it goes without saying that you obviously love this and you've said enough, so that's what I'm saying. It goes without saying again. <laughs> like I said, I, I just... Uh, 
Wow. I just <laughs> mediocrity, man. I don't know. If, uh, no. I don't know if it's if, and that's just my opinion, obviously. And again, I don't know if that's worse than me, like absolutely watching something and despising it, or better. I don't know. Because it's the whole like they're both bullshit. If you ask me, (laughs) well, it's the whole, you know, your mom going, "I'm not mad. I'm disappointed." You know how much I hate like apathy. Like I think I hate it worse than anything in the world. I hate it worse (laughs) than hate. I would so much rather you be like, "I fucking hate it." I mean, I can feel that, you know. You didn't seem to like that last week when I shit all over Repo. Oh no, no, I. I hate it because I because you're so you're so wrong and it just makes my like stomach hurt how wrong you are. But I also would prefer that if I have to choose, I would prefer that to. I, I fucking hate like we've had this conversation multiple times. The worst thing you can say to me is something is fine. I it makes me lose my shit. I just I'm like what like I need I need passion like, even if the passion is is hate filled filled you know like I can deal with that better than like eh, I mean yeah whatever it's fine I'm like no uh, that's why this is such a a, a wonderful uh, diverse podcast that we have because my emotional scale goes from like three to six <laughs> very rarely does it ever jump above or below those. Um, so that's what you get with me a lot of the time is I just kind of think everything is meh. Ugh. I don't even, I don't even know. Like, I'm just trying to think of what my bottom scale is. An eight, <laughs> maybe? I don't half. know. <laughs> I'm like three. Have I ever been a three in my life? I, I don't know. Oh, I was going to say a very bad joke. No, I don't say it because I don't, I already hate it. Even without <laughs> you saying it. It's already mean and terrible. It's you should feel ashamed. Mean. You're so mean. Terrible. You're so mean to me, oh. and I don't like it. It's oh. not fair. I mean, you put that one on a silver platter, but I'm not going to take it. The low oh, well, thank fruit. you. But but I guess saying that you're not going to take it really is just the same as taking it because you've already like put it in my head the horrible thing you were going to say. So maybe maybe you know anyway, I mean? if you want stellar reaction and you want mm-hmm. this over the top hate it or love it but we gotta talk about this next movie yeah right, see how was that was that energy in I mean it was terrifying but yeah <laughs> I appreciate the effort <laughs> little shop of horrors of horrors okay okay not whores that's a different movie horrors horrors nobody talks like that <laughs> the fuck I can't even do it <laughs> the southern girl in me cannot like pronounce it that way yeah, I it's just horrors, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we all know how you feel about horrors. Little shop of horrors. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we've all been to one of those. Sure, we all have. Every one of us. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> it's just a given. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this, I don't even know how to start this. As much as I was like, okay, Sweeney Todd is so fucking brilliant, and. And, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around anybody not appreciating it. Mm-hmm. Little Shop of Horrors is mm-hmm. like gotta be the most iconic, beloved musical that we are going to talk about this whole month. Mm-hmm. Like it is the sort of gold standard. Y- and yeah. speaking of cast, I mean the most perfect cast. The who's who of 80s. That ever <laughs> has been assembled. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, 
I am curious to hear if this gets any better reaction than Sweetie Todd. It's got a totally different vibe, although I was kind of surprised watching the back-to-back how many sort of similarities there were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we open on... So this one's all about Skid Row, which is... I mean, Fleet Street is pretty much the Skid Row of London. And it's about people living in the worst possible conditions, poverty, bleak, hopelessness. All they can think about is how the fuck do I get out of here? Mm-hmm. How do I, like, better my situation? And in both movies, they sort of end up going to these really, like, extreme desperate measures to have that chance of having a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference with this one, and this is one thing I want to talk about, and maybe I'm totally jumping the gun. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll just say a little bit and then we'll circle back. Um, the difference is this one has a much more happy, hopeful ending. This is about like, okay, you know, you made it. You got, you got out did, of this. Did we watch the same fucking movie? Well, the point I was going to make <laughs> is that. What? Okay, go on. Well, I don't know what version you watch because the point I was going to make is oh, that there are two endings in this I movie. I watched the director's cut. Yeah, so there's the original ending, and then there is the theatrical cut. And so let's save that. We will talk about that at the end, about how fucking different the two endings are and how it changes the entire tone and theme of the film. Yeah, you're going to have to to do that because I didn't see the theatrical cut. So you haven't seen it at all? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I didn't know. I figured they'd be different, but I didn't think they would be that different. Let's just fucking start with the ending. Who who says we can't have dessert before dinner? You know, like we can start with the fucking ending of the movie. That's we are allowed to do that. Yeah. So spoilers for a fucking 40 year old movie at this point. Yeah. Or very near. Spoiler the shit out of this. Okay. So there's a lot here. I'm going to try to do the the like shortest version possible. So there was an original ending. Which is the one that you saw. Right. For a very long time, nobody saw that ending. The only ending most people saw, for like 30 years, there was word of an alternate ending, but Mm -hmm. nobody had actually seen it. Because (laughs) it got, the ending that you saw never made it to the theaters. Yeah, I can see why. It didn't have, it didn't get seen until um, like 30 years later where they released a Blu-ray director's cut of the movie. Where they did the original um, ending that was planned. So the ending that I I watched it on HBO Max in the United States. um, And they showed the theatrical ending. The one that was most everybody had seen that didn't see the director's cut. And uh, basically in the ending that I saw. Audrey does not die. Seymour does not die. Mm -hmm. They... uh, (laughs) Audrey 2, the plant, does not take over the world and kill everyone, (laughs) Um, which is the original ending. Super bleak. Everybody fucking dies. The plant wins. The world is over the end. Like, very Sweeney Todd ending where it's like, you're you're all fucked, okay? But in a fun kind of way. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Mm -hmm. Um, so So when they showed that version to test audiences... They fucking hated it. They lost their shit. Um, And basically what happened is that the audience had grown really attached to these characters and were none too happy that they (laughs) died in this, like, horrific way and that they did not get their happy ending. And so um, they basically... All right, so the climax of the original film, 
the version that you watched, mm-hmm. they spent five million dollars on that. Just which that about a, sequence alone? Just that sequence, which was like fucking insane and over the top. And if you guys haven't seen it, if you haven't, if you can't get your hands on the Blu-ray, the director's cut, um, it's on YouTube. Just look for the original ending. Uh, it's epic. It's extraordinary. You need to see it. Uh, it's a completely different film when you see that ending. So definitely go check it out. But basically that, the $5 million was about a fifth of the total budget, which was $25 million, which was at the time the most expensive movie Warner Brothers had ever produced. It was filmed on the same soundstage um, and released in the same year as Aliens, which had an approximate budget of $18 million, which is insane to think that yeah, this movie looking at the two, yeah. cost so much more than Aliens, which is sort of this uh, pinnacle of like special effects and visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Five million on that ending. <laughs> they basically had to fucking scrap it. So that's 23 minutes of footage that they had to toss out. They wrote an entirely new ending in three weeks. Um, then they brought in Jim Belushi to do a celebrity cameo. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, that's one thing. I, I was looking through the cast on mm-hmm. IMDb and I saw Jim Belushi. And I'm like, I don't remember seeing him in this movie. He's on the new ending. Yeah, apparently. Um, and so it basically, the new ending, they inserted it at the beginning of what used to be Audrey's dramatic death scene. So that amazing scene where she dies that a lot of people in, didn't get to see. In the alley. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's like, sacrifice me, feed me to the plant. And it's just mm-hmm. like beautiful act of um, sacrifice. And then he- Well, she's already see- dead. Well, she's dying. And she tells him like, I, this is one thing I can do for you. It's the only thing I can do for you. I can give this to you. And then then we can sort of like, in a way, I'll become part of the play. It's just like really Shakespearean sort of. Yeah, a little Romeo and juliet Death scene. And then he <laughs> feeds her to see, to um, Audrey too. Mm-hmm. And, and Audrey too like uncharacteristically really like sort of lovingly eats her like it's a very like yeah, it's a tender slow it's a very swallow. soft you yeah. know like yeah he doesn't like just chomp down um he just sort of swallows her and this she slides in it's really kind of a beautiful scene but before before she dies the new scene she basically like she's like i'm okay i'm fine and she gets back on her feet and the bloody stain on her dress from a moment ago is and, gone. and the fatal wound is totally gone and then we get this whole new scene where um, she's fine. Seymour goes in. He confronts the plant. He uh, kills the plant. And they live happily ever after. And then they have, in the end scene, they basically have that scene from her her song, which is very similar to Mrs. Lovett's song, where she's dreaming about the future. And it's somewhere that's green. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, I want this picturesque, beautiful life. And this sweet little house and this green garden. And they end up getting that. And that's the scene. They're like walking to their beautiful new home. And it's funny. And that scene, Somewhere That's Green, which I fucking love it. I love that song. Um, and Ellen Green is so good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I find that the way that that's shot, very Burton-esque. It feels like something completely out of Edward Scissorhands. That like over the top sort of suburban, picturesque, but like so perfect that it's almost like creepy and weird mm-hmm. sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has that very similar, like, I feel like Tim Burton totally could have directed this, <laughs> has a very similar look and feel to me. But anyway, they, that's the kind of callback to where she's got her somewhere that's green and it's like, everybody lives happily ever after. 
Um, so it's like super bonkers. And that still to this day is the most expensive deleted piece of footage ever. It's the most expensive scene that's ever been deleted from a film. Um, and still, you think that holds up still today? Uh, according to, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure like well, 90 it may not be the, the most, but it's one of the most. I was going to say, cause I'm pretty sure like 90% of what the original justice league movie was shot and got thrown mm. out with Joss Whedon. Yeah. Potential. Yeah. I feel like that was like a hundred million dollars just kind of <laughs> yeah. tossed along the floor. Yeah. I don't know if that's considered a scene. I mean, this is kind of like just one scene, a whole one, like sequence. One sequence. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but anyway, um, it's funny because like Frank Oz was saying that he was like rooting for kind of the plant all along. <laughs> like he thought the plant was the hero always. Um, and that he said he he just personally hadn't counted on audiences falling so deeply for Seymour and Audrey. And that that really like threw them for a loop that they were like, fuck no. Like we got to give these people a happy ending. Yeah, I mean, so, I can kind of see that with the pole plant being the hero. Uh, with um, uh, Audrey's boyfriend, he—he he, what do you mean? He doesn't deserve to die. He deserves it. Come on, feed him to me. Eat me. Yeah, Don't it's let me eat him. I mean, and I guess in a way you're like, all right, well, they're. I mean, poor, poor Audrey. She's just a. I mean, this poor girl. Like, it's so fucking sad. She has this horrible boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She's on Skid Row, so she's already like kind of bleak and help. She has a horrible boyfriend. How does she who, dress so nicely? though if she's like so impoverished um he i don't know maybe potentially although i don't think this this isn't supposed to take place in the 80s it's supposed to take place earlier yeah by the way most people are dressing and the kind of technology involved right like it's supposed to be i think like a 50s or 60s time yeah yes Okay. Yeah, because she's like fantasizing about like Donna Reed and something uh, something out of Better Homes and Gardens, and mm-hmm. um, she's and then she has that great scene where she's like, or great line in her song where she's like, and we'll sit in front of uh, we'll eat our dinner sitting in front of our big enormous twelve inch screen. Yeah. <laughs> and she and it like crescendos and she's like our big enormous twelve inch screen. It's so yeah. great. Yeah, it's it's uh definitely like a fifties type of film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah she's she's <laughs> horribly abused like emotionally and physically yeah she she doesn't think she deserves better and this she keeps having these heartbreaking lines where she's like i don't i i would never i would never deserve a nice guy like seymour like i'm mm-hmm. i'm trash i don't i don't somebody who would take care of me and be sweet to me that's that's fucking crazy and it's so sad and then like in the original ending she just dies and she's complete victim seymour on the other hand you can argue is you know not a victim because he has been feeding people to this plant (laughs) even though he's still our hero in the movie right um yeah well i think uh it's just the way rick moranis plays him where you you can't help but feel sorry uh for the character uh even though he is you know killing well he doesn't actually he doesn't actually kill anybody no, but he's 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 intending to. He, but he, doesn't he has the actually, intention, and then he does like feed the he like chops him up and feeds him. And I guess yeah, you're right. but I mean whatever. That's and I guess true. sort of you could say with his boss. I mean, his boss just sort of walked into, into it, too, yeah. but but he knew what was going to happen. I mean, he yeah. was yeah, sort he of was, he was setting walking, it up, walking back. 
I mean, I still don't think he's a bad guy, but, like, I guess you could argue, like, all right, well, if you're gonna make a deal with the devil, like, this is this is sort of the consequence of that. Right. Watching it, I kind of thought, in the back of my mind the entire time, it was gonna be, like, a like an American Psycho thing, where there is no plant, he's just killing people, and he's using this imaginary plant as, uh... <laughs> Like a, an excuse to do it. That would have been a different movie for sure. Would have been. That's kind of what I thought it was going to be. I had the slight fear that it was going to be like, it, this is all a dream. Casey, have end. you not seen Little Shop of Horrors before? Never. And did you see Sweeney? Was this your first time seeing Sweeney Todd too? Uh, yes, I think. I might have seen bits and pieces of it, but musicals, man. I just, I have no, I don't care how class, same with Rocky Horror. Wow. It was really the first time I'd ever seen it in full. Wow. Uh, I, I just I like when people are like, oh, you have to watch these classic, they're timeless films. I'm like, I just because like, they're old doesn't mean they're necessarily classic or timeless. And you're like, my soul is dead. I don't like anything. Why would you say I have to watch something? Exactly. Don't you understand people? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I got it. So I just say I add it to the list and never actually watch it, just to appease them for that moment. I hope they forget about it. But yeah, so I I had never seen. Uh, Little Shop or Swingy Todd before. Uh, and maybe it was the time that this was released in the 80s. And it was the way it was shot. And the effects that they used and the cast they have that I actually kind of fucking liked it. <gasps> Yay! Oh my god. Wait, we need sound effects whenever <laughs> I'm like, like, I want to hear like those... um. You know those party toys that yeah, make they're... all those noises? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting one for next time. I'm going to order one. Okay. You could probably just get the sound effect on your phone. <laughs> no, no. I, I want the actual thing. I want the... I want you the... the analog feature mm-hmm. of it? I do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it would be very difficult to find things in this movie to, to hate on. Um, you know, it, it's well-directed. It's well-acted. And... This, above all the other musicals we've watched so far, I understand the theatrical element. Like, they're all acting like they're on a stage, not in yeah. a movie. Except for maybe Rick Moranis. I think he's a little bit toned down compared to the rest of the cast. Um, There's still some scenes. I love scenes. Ellen Green in this so much. <clears throat> well, I mean, she, she's she, Audrey. She's good. That voice that she fucking puts on is something else. Uh, I don't. That might not even be to put on voice. I don't. <laughs> I don't really know. It's so uh, good. But she, she, fantastic singing voice for sure. Yeah. Um. Steve Martin's character is funny as shit. Uh, oh know, shit! Yeah. Like I love asshole, but. the fact that he like. It's so genius that he became became a dentist because he's like a, a sadist, sadist and he yeah. likes to hurt people yeah. and he likes pain so his mom was like well why don't you be a dentist you'll put yeah. all of your great skills to use and then like when bill murray who's I know. also a okay, fucking so- god and he's like a masochist and he's like oh i love pain and then steve martin's getting pissed yeah. off because he's like what this you're supposed to be horrible why are yeah. you screaming in pain and he's like give me more so yeah good. so that that's so good that scene I, I i feel that scene was only inserted just to get bill murray in the fucking movie well, that's fine. I mean, like, honestly, it's, part, no, it's totally meaningless. It doesn't yes, do anything. Yes, there's no purpose. Yeah. There's nothing to it. It's a complete throwaway. And like, we have, it's almost like uh, the casting director or even like Frank Oz himself, who I don't know if he did all like the casting or whatever, but, or wrote that just for that. But he, he it's almost like he had a crystal ball and looked in the future and it's like, 
in 25, 30 years, people are going to look back and be like, this is the who's who of the 80s. Yeah. And we need to get every single person we can in this movie. So they got Bill Murray. Is Dan Aykroyd in it? Uh, No, Jim Belushi. Right. I thought no, I remember no seeing Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, I, but John Candy. John Candy. You got uh, Rick Moranis. You've got um, uh, uh, Steve Martin. Uh, Bill Murray makes the appearance. I mean, like, it's hard to not like that cast. Yeah. You know? Um, even in the bit parts, it's like every, like, scene is... Even if it's sort of like, yeah, it's kind of like even when he's like with John Candy and it's he's on the radio show, it's like, do you, yeah, do you really a, need that? No, scene. but it's There's so good. There. Yeah. yeah, you don't need it. It has it serves well. It serves a little bit of plot purpose because that's kind of like his first taste of quote unquote stardom or mm-hmm. advertising for the plant. <clears throat> but um, yeah, uh, and I'm always going to be a sucker for practical effects uh, yeah. over uh, you know like green screen or or special effects. I think. It always looks a little bit better. You have that better feel. The actors, I think, act better when they have like an actual fucking thing, not a tennis ball on a stick <clears throat> to to react with and whatever. So like the, the plant is cool. I, I didn't hate the songs in it. What did you think about um, like the Greek chorus singers, the the three girls who sing throughout yeah, they, they sort of do the narration and they're yeah, all in they're, different costumes and they're the uh the the what do you want to call the fuck there's a specific word for the three that like more or something like that in greek mythology there's three basically women who the muses no no right? no they're not the, the muses are like a personal thing as far as i know mm. but they're they're basically like they're they're called the 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 thread weavers and they yeah. decide everybody's fate mm. and uh if you look at like the disney hercules movies uh, yeah as well, it's those three women that are in that that like have the thread and they have like the eye that can see everything and everybody all over the place and that's their definitely that's their role those those three i love uh, them what what do you call them the the shop owner um, he bangs on the glass. And he's like urchins, I think he says. Calls them urchins, like street urchins. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember the exact word. Basically, yeah, he's like they're loitering. They're headphones, yeah, you know, yeah. and they're uh, yeah, no, they're they're fine. Um, oh god, I fucking love. I love them. <laughs> of course you do. Also, do you remember um the '90s show with Martin Lawrence uh, called Martin? Mm-hmm. Were you ever familiar? Yeah. yeah. So uh, two of the three singers were in Martin together. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a small world. It really is. I, I like these. As you can see, I like these little connections where I'm like, oh, my God. Six degrees all, of Kevin Bacon. All the actors in Sweeney Todd were in Harry Potter. And yeah. all these actors in Little Shop were in Martin, which is completely random. But Well, I mean, two of them were. Yeah. So, but I mean, you also have. Well, Steve Martin, I think, has worked with all of them at least some point in time other than just this movie as well. I'm trying to think. It doesn't matter. It it really doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> in terms of the movie, I mean, there's not really... We're not going to get into a huge, massive discussion on this one because we both kind of agree. Um, and I'm, you well, know, I'm, hey, I'll take it. I will I, take a win on this one. I, I kind of... 
you know, like, like I said, it's just, it's, it's a fun movie. The cast is endearing. Uh, is it the best acted movie in the world? No. Is it the best written movie in the world? No. But is it fun? Does it do what it's intended to do? Yeah. I did write down as per usual as my new thing, uh, mm-hmm. my favorite line in this movie. Okay. I just wrote down one this time. It's not <sighs> like, uh, what was it, Rocky Horror, where it was like every, every single, single fucking one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and then my 700th favorite line is this. And you're like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, this one. So when uh, Seymour is on the radio program Mm -hmm. and Audrey is going to meet her boss because they were going to listen together and she's late. Mm -hmm. She's like, I really did try to be on time. And he says, you got tied up? She's like, no, just handcuffed. Handcuffed, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah. They went back to that well one too many times, so they should have left it at that. They had that almost exact same line one other time. That one was... Just perfect and perfectly yeah. delivered. And, and that's a little bit of ahead of its time, too. That joke's yeah. not like a fucking mid-2000s style joke. Yeah, they had a little, they had some, they had some sauciness in this. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it was, it was, it didn't try to be a serious movie. Even though the tone of it, or not the tone, like the 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 plot and the whole theme of it is yeah, there's you know, some dark it's shit. It's pretty dire. Like uh, she's getting like beat the fuck she, up. Yeah, in I there. mean, like you can't do that in movies nowadays. <laughs> no, <laughs> and and it's like they don't pull like uh, sorry, pardon the pun. They don't pull any punches. I mean, yeah. it's just like they it's she got they a black go guy there. and you know she's she, like there's that one scene where she's talking with the the three girls and she's like. Oh, he hits me when he's happy. I'd hate to see what he does yeah. when he's mad. I'm like, what the How fuck? <laughs> fucked up is that? Yeah. Right? Like, yeesh. And then That's... in the song uh, Skid Row, which is great um, in the beginning, they have that line where they say, where depression's just status quo. Like, yeah. oh, Jesus. It's fucking heart wrenching. Yeah, it's. Uh... See, they both have, like, there's a lot of, I, I feel like there's a lot of parallels with Sweeney Todd with the opening of, like, talking about London and how it's all just full well, of terrible people. And You talk about how musicals are always kind of, like, upbeat and that sort of stuff. I would tend to disagree a little bit. I mean, I'm not familiar with a lot of musicals. I'm going to be out there. But the ones I do know, like, it always has to do with down-on-their-luck people in shitty mm-hmm. parts of the town. You look at things like Rent. Same basic uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, Sweeney Todd. This one. Uh, little Shop. Um, it's true. You know, like Les Mis. I was going to say, that's my favorite musical of all time is Les Mis. And it is not, uh, it is not happy. I think it's it's a way to tell a very depressing story without it feeling overly depressing. Yeah. Right. Because otherwise, this would be like if you think about it, there's <coughs> movies like this that would be like unwatchable without the musical aspect. Because you would just be like, I mean, oh, maybe not this one because you have like the the killer plant, you know? Yeah, I mean, this one's kind of silly. Yeah, but something like Sweeney Todd, for example, it's just like I guess I shouldn't say unwatchable because then it would just be a straight horror movie, it and I love horror. horror. Yeah. But you know, for the average person, it would be super bleak and dark, and the violence would be too much. And with the way that it's done. With the musical aspect and the sort of over-the-top violence, which mm-hmm. is, there's a lot of violence and there's a lot of blood, but um, it's done in such a way, it's sort of got that um, Tarantino-esque vibe where it's yeah, I was thinking, so cartoonish yeah. that 
you kill Billish. You don't get fucked up by it. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is fun. Look at all the blood. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, and it, it doesn't look like blood. It looks like fucking like tomato juice or something. You know. Yeah, and there's so much of it. It's going yeah. every fucking where, yeah. and you're just like, yes. <laughs> you just got to be careful <laughs> to censors with that one. Look, that's why the one scene in Kill Bill, uh, two, I think it is, when she fights all the like ninjas. And mm-hmm. it goes into black and white. They had to do that in black and white because it got like the NC-17 rating because of all the blood. So, so the, the rating so system is so fucking weird. Yeah, it's, you show a boob, it's rated an R, but you can say fuck three times in a PG, you know? like It's so, it's so arbitrary. And it, like yeah. the fact that it hasn't been really updated in forever. Well, no, that would require old <laughs> staunchy white men to relinquish their thrones. Yeah. <clears throat> This doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, and the at the end where he sings Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, uh, where the plant mm-hmm. sings that, uh, mm-hmm. that gave me really Rocky Horror vibes. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not you since you didn't like Rocky Horror, but... Um, I, I got it. Like, I, I, I saw the parallel. <laughs> Just because I don't like something doesn't mean I can't see a comparison. I, I can see that one is sure. better than the other. I can see, you know, shit like that. Well, I mean, I'm sad that you don't love Rocky Horror because... Jesus, I love Rocky Horror. Like, my love for that movie is infinite. But I am so happy that you actually kind of enjoyed this one because I, it was definitely one that I was watching going, it's fucking perfect. I just don't, I know, I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I just could not imagine your hatred for musicals aside, how you couldn't be endeared to this. Well, that's, that's sort of it. Like I said, it's an endearing film, and no matter how your opinions on certain genres are they can't all be terrible there's got to be at least one good musical out there and i guess this one's it all right (laughs) shit now i'm like sad that we have another uh couple of films to talk about (laughs) so i'm like i want to go out on a high note you know i love that this was like so sort of hopeful see it's like the happy ending of little shop before i i am the audience that's demanding a better ending and then I'll be next week, the director's cut. Yep. You're like, no, no, no. Don't even know what we're talking about yet, but we still have something to do, which I think you've forgotten about. Did I? Yeah. The dramatic reading. The dramatic reading. My favorite. It's my favorite. I can tell. (laughs) Jesus. Hide your giddiness. It's showing a little bit. I don't even, I don't know why it's my favorite, because every time we do it, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah, you've got the majority of lines in this one, too. Well, not the majority, but the longer ones, anyway. I know. I know. It's very, it's very, I'm getting performance anxiety right now. I can tell. I can <laughs> tell. All right. Well, our dramatic reading is from Little Shop of Horrors this week. Um, yes, we is. did talk about, it's a little bit challenging finding dramatic readings this month because everything is sung and we are not going to be singing. At well, least that's not a, for a I while. I <laughs> think that's one of the reasons why I didn't mind this one so much because it's not exclusively singing for no reason. There's a lot of dialogue. There is. There's and a lot it's of a, scenes in between the songs. It's an important little scene. It is. So let's okay. you you're kicking us off. So whenever um, you're ready, sir, yeah. let's do it. Audrey, quick. We got an emergency arrangement. Birthday wedding baby. Funeral. Hand me the lilies. Mr. Mushnick's real mad at me, Audrey. I keep forgetting things. Scissors. Well, you got a lot on your mind. 
Sometimes I think Mr. Mushnik's too hard on you. Glue. Well, that's okay. After all, I owe him everything. Glitter. He took me out of the skid row home for boys when I was just a little tyke. Gave me a warm place to stay, floors to sweep, toilets to clean, and every other Sunday off. You know, I, I think you ought to raise your expectations, Seymour. <clears throat> now that you're getting successful, I mean. It's clear you suffer from a low self-image, and it's high time you get it fixed. Why don't you go out and do something nice for yourself? Like, buy some new clothes. Uh, I'm a very bad shopper, Audrey. I don't have good taste. Like, you. Oh. Well, I, I could help you pick things out. You could? Sure. You'd go shopping with me? Sure. You'd be seen with me in a public place, like a department store? Sure. Tonight? Oh, I can't tonight. I got a date. And scene. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do a Rick Morales, so I just chose like a nerdy little voice. It's okay. I can't do Ellen Green either. But it well, was I don't think. I think maybe <laughs> the only other living thing on the planet that can do the Ellen Green voice is a dolphin. <laughs> so. It's so good, though. It's, it's good. I love it it's, so much. Yeah, it's good. I like the way she says "sure." Sure. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's very yeah, she's, 50s uh, New York accent. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That was good. Good stuff. Yep. So you finally won me over with one. So oh what is it right God. now? I'm winning 8 Do, to 1 now wait, or something I don't like think that's considered to one, winning. 11 to 1? I'm not sure that's how we're keeping score. That's how I'm keeping but score. Listen. You, yeah. I'm that, uh, I, that, was, that was a treat. That was fun to hear you... Uh, even though I know the listeners are sort of tuning in for the <laughs> the love hate fest we've got going on, that was that was. I mean, it's, it's gonna happen that we're gonna agree on one thing or another every once in a while. I mean, I could turn around and say that I hate everything, but then I would be lying. Yeah, don't lie. No, I want your authentic no. self. Yeah. E- even your <laughs> authentic apathetic self. Yeah. <laughs> and when I turn movies off, thirty-one minutes and thirteen seconds. Uh, I do not approve of that, and that shall never <laughs> happen again. <laughs> You guys, if you want to hear me uh, channel a little Casey and have a little rage, anger, hate, uh, definitely listen to last yeah, week's episode because I was uh, not happy. It was, it was, <laughs> I I felt it was almost a little behind the scenes, like I was getting scolded by my boss. I was pissed off at you. I was like, you what? Yeah, I mean, there's some things that are, I would much rather endure than watching <laughs> that film, like having needles stuck into my eye or oh. a turtle bite the tip of my penis or something. Like there's there's other things in this world that I would rather have done than watch that movie. I all I want out of life is for someone to call into the show and scold you ruthlessly for your performance last week. My and performance your hatred was of rebel. Mm. My, my performance was, it was great. It was good until you got we got to the discussion of repo and you're like I turn it off thirty minutes in I was like what the fuck yeah yeah no yeah. it's not okay I want somebody please listeners call and yell at him he needs to he needs to be chastised for this or on the flip side call and tell no. Stephanie that no, she no. likes too many things <laughs> and that it's okay to hate hate I mean, is fun and cool listen if you can, if you want to call and say mean stuff to me you can do it i mean i will cry just so you know i will cry and i will lose sleep over it but i still encourage you calling in because i would rather hear from you than not even if it is going to make me 
terribly sad. Well. <laughs> why? It's my passive aggressive invitation for uh, <laughs> critical analysis of my performance. Well, if we're going to have a discussion, then why not just tell them what we're doing next week? Okay. Why not, Casey? Yeah. <laughs> you I, want I me have, to tell them? <laughs> I have no idea. I forgot. You're like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing, so you better tell this is, me. This is part of the, the fun of this podcast is you throw things at me and I have to react to them. Oh, okay. Um, well, we're going to change gears a little bit, and we are going to be doing Stage Fright in Phantom of the Paradise. Um, <laughs> are you waiting for a response? Because I don't know anything about those movies. Guessing have not seen either one of those. Um, Never heard of them. I think it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> no, for the love of God, that means it's going to suck. Uh, I, think, uh, I think we're going to have quite a bit to talk about oh my god yeah oh my god. well it's not cats so yeah that's not gonna happen so not yet no <laughs> next week's the last musical one and then we take that one week break and the bonus episode is not going to be cats well the bonus episode is whatever the listeners want it to be so we'll see we shall see the, 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 geez, I swear <laughs> to god if you guys pick cats i quit that's it it's over you de- i'm telling you you deserve it I deserve praise, recognition, and billions of dollars. Wow. For my... oh, I'm glad that you have a healthy self-image, you know. It's really... Uh, <laughs> it's something to be said for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I got to love something. Might as well be me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Break into tears. Mm, like that. Professional. Yeah. It doesn't take much to make me break into tears, like for reals, for realsies. Yeah, I can't yeah. Remember last time I cried. Really? Eight years old, nine, ten. Oh my god! Should we? Should one of our <laughs> themes be like tearjerker movies? And let's see, like if I can oh, make what, you cry. What was the last movie that made me cry? I I had a tear. I wouldn't call this crying, but like a, I a got single like, tear. A what? A single tear. Yeah, like a single, like, I don't even know if it broke, like, the, the, the seam of the eye and rolled down, like, oh, single tear. <laughs> but it was during Endgame. Oh, Avengers. yeah. I mean, because, I mean. If and it wasn't even the Iron Man scene that did it. It was the Captain America wow. scene. I feel like you would have to be dead inside to not get at least a little bit emotional in Endgame. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just. Maybe you are kind of dead inside, so. Yeah. yeah. It's fine, but. um, Are you? Total aside, are you watching <laughs> WandaVision? Yeah. Are you caught up? Yeah. Okay, we're not going to spoil it, but I mean, did uh, how did you feel about the finale? Did you get any emotions there, or were you surprisingly no? Mm. Wow. It, I don't it, know uh, why. Like that I've... would be the last time I cried, just so you know, <laughs> which was like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Friday. So, uh, or whenever you watched, I guess. But well, yeah, no, Friday, I, yeah. I, uh. I don't know why. I guess because it, like there was so much setup and you knew it was coming. Yeah. Well, we won't spoil it because it's still yeah. really new and fresh. Yeah, it's and, only a couple uh, days, or I guess about a week by the time. But this goes uh, out, oof, but. I thought it was so fucking good. Maybe that's what our bonus episode should be. We just talk about WandaVision next. Okay. <laughs> we'll be like, fuck it. We're just gonna yeah, <laughs> randomly change gears. Yeah, we'll talk about WandaVision and uh, the uh, Marvel universe at large. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, this was fun. It was. And if you thought it was fun, make sure you leave that review on iTunes 
or Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, your phone says it is. Because if you have an Which iPhone, is, it's iTunes, right? Yes. I don't have an iPhone. And oh, there isn't really... Yeah, friends You're of my of friends buy Apple products, so... <laughs> Uh, I don't oh have my an God. iPhone. Uh, Next podcast, Apple versus <laughs> yeah. Android. It's not even Apple versus Android. It's Apple should not exist, but that's beside the point. If you oh, like fuck. it, leave a review. Uh, Five-star reviews will be read out on the program, or you can call in, leave a voice message. Mm-hmm. Please uh, do that. That's super fun. And then we can add it to the end of the episode, and it would be really cool to really get your voices heard. And lastly, we had a winner for last week's uh, contest or last month's contest we uh, did and that uh, was so Matthew that was Matt Rappaport yes mm-hmm. um, okay. he won the uh, Nick Cage coffee mug we do actually have another giveaway this month mm-hmm. um, it is a Rocky Horror Picture Show giveaway a themed giveaway we're doing a this badass blanket mm-hmm. um, so um, for anyone that leaves a review and or calls and leaves a short little voice message, you will be entered. And uh, once you're entered, you stay entered. So uh, month over month, you have a chance to win tons of cool prizes. Uh, takes about 30 seconds of your time to do so. And, and then you take, can yeah. be entered to win prizes. So definitely do it. We want to hear from your you. Love. Yes, we're we are. Your yeah. Love, yes. You could do it to the kindness of your heart without us begging and pleading. But, you know, Good. then we wouldn't be podcasters. <laughs> or YouTubers. Well, I like to like, look at comment, it, and subscribe. I like to look at it as as our way of saying thank you and that's showing true. our appreciation. But that's if you true. want to look at it as bribing and look at it as something dirty, then I guess that's fine. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with dirty things. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> until next week. That's really the note we're gonna go out on. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. It's not planned at all. No. Nope. <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much.